From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Good morning, everybody. Hi. Well, hour two. Here we go. Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Jonathan, Carlos, and Bill George and Diego hanging out this morning. <laughs> Braden doesn't look at me. Uh, live in one. the studio. Scarface. That would be number two. <laughs> no. One two and one ones is, two. is a two. No. Yeah, two ones is a two. Well, there you go. Well, whatever. <laughs> uh, so, uh, welcome in hour number two, the Big and Wild Outdoors. It's going to be a rainy Saturday. Thank you so much for getting up early and hanging out with us this morning. Hopefully, uh, Katie will be calling in here in a little bit. Kate will be uh, letting us know uh, what's going on with Everyday Blessings, and they got a golf tournament coming up here pretty soon. And, of course, they're also going to be a part of our Panfish Challenge coming up in June. But I wanted to remind you that uh, our friends over at Bone Valley ATV Park are going to be having the uh, Rally in the Valley again this year. It's going to be on Saturday, April 10th. It starts at 10 a.m., all kinds of stuff going on out there. It's a free park admission day. So if you're going to go out there, go ride, bring your ATVs, your is motorcycles. Is that during the week? Is that a weekday? <clears throat> I don't know. It says Saturday, April 10th. So, He's yeah, up. sure. I'm, I think it's a Wednesday. He's checking the calendar. Hey, it's a day Jeez, after my anniversary. pick it, man. Come on. Saturday, April 10th is when it's going to happen. Uh, you can go out there. They're going to have free lunch, first come, first serve, prizes, giveaways. They're going to have uh, Bone Valley ATV Park T-shirts, hats, and other gear on sale. And uh, three-wheelers, as always, are not allowed on the property. Helmets are required. You can arrive at 8 a.m. when the park opens, but the event doesn't really get underway till 10. You can bring your own food and drinks. <clears throat> of course, alcoholic beverages are not permitted on the property. No three-wheelers. No three-wheelers. I wonder if you took, like, a um, lawnmower wheel and you drug it behind it. Technically, is that the a wheelie bar? wheeler? Mm, no, I don't think it's attached to an axle, so it would Does probably. Doesn't say it has to be attached to an axle. Here we go. Yep. Free park administ- <laughs> admi- admission to all ATVs, dirt bikes, side by sides, and spectators. If you'd like to go out there, and you can come out and test ride some side by sides, courtesy of G Five out there. And like I said, free lunch and prizes and all that kind of good stuff. And it's well, happening. What's for on- lunch? Saturday doesn't say. Oh. Saturday, uh, April tenth, starting at ten a.m. Gates open at eight, so you can get there early. Anytime G 5s cooked something, it hasn't been bad. Uh, well, you're gonna on, have a man. you're gonna have a good lunch today out at the uh, turkey event happening. Well, Mr. Got, Bill got, opened up the we, freezer. We got so lunch there too. So Mr. Bill opened up wow. the freezer, and uh, if you've never tried elk, today would be a good opportunity to go out and get yourself a nice big fat juicy elk burger. Oh boy! Wow. We're in for a treat today. I know Dylan just got back and caught and uh, shot a nice elk, and I said, "Dude, you're giving up your elk." He goes, "Not me. <laughs> no way. Dad's opening up his freezer. I'm not giving mine up." <laughs> so, typical fashion. So they're going to be out there cooking some elk burgers out there for today, so you can come by and uh, get your. Hey, I don't know. Food. I don't know. I'm out to talk to Dylan because uh, he shot better than I did with my own shotgun. He, he's got to get everybody me at least shot a, better a than pound. you with the Shut shotgun. Shut up, Bill. You're not. It's not your turn to talk. All right, Braden, go ahead. <laughs> You're not talking right now. 
I told hey, you I was going to shoot the Versa Mac hey, last time. Go to the break room, Listen. all right? You're on timeout. Diego, turn off his mic. When he held up the two fingers, that's how many clay pigeons he hit. <laughs> out of no, hey, no that would be 11. That would be 11. That's what I said. 11. 11. That's what you shot. I'll take it. Bill, I was going to ask you this because the story came out this past week, and I know last hour we talked a little bit about turkey hunting and uh, when I when I tell people the numbers of the amount of turkeys that you guys pull out of there when you're out at your turkey extravaganza carnival of, of thrills, circus, uh, there was a story that came out this past week uh, where four guys were sentenced uh, for poaching nearly a hundred turkeys, and not only were they they're from Mississippi, but they went across state lines and and uh, killed birds in other states as well. And they were also charged with uh, killing 100 turkeys and trespassing on 15 different in, properties. In, in one year? Is that Big Bill? In 11 months, yeah, mm-hmm. in one year. Yeah. Mr. Bill? I might have known somebody that might have been that way once or twice in their life. Well, these guys uh, actually, uh, poachers were crossing state lines with spurs and beards of illegally harvested uh, turkeys in violation of the Lacey Act which uh, prompted a federal investigation. So, nice. so these guys uh, didn't get away with uh, too much. Uh, the original indictment charged the defendants with taking over 25 wild turkeys without a license in Kansas and Nebraska and illegally transporting spurs and beards. Additionally, uh, they faced felony charges for lying to federal law enforcement officers and uh, also felony charges for killing red-shoulder hawks. Listen, my... I- my word of advice to you is don't lie to the man. If you don't want to tell the truth, just don't talk. Just don't talk. But I do know somebody who wears a hat called the Ziploc Pro Staff. Okay? It's kind of like your filet and uh, release. release. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's they've, they've lived a portion of their life where they've... Uh, 22 Magnum has shot a... F- Several animals. Oh, but, <laughs> but they turn around and they're not ready to call a season quits and they'll they'll clean the animal and come out, out with it in their pack. Wait, you mean there wasn't a secondary season? So That's why we need a tag system for Osceola's in uh, this state. Oh <laughs> Kenneth Britt, Tony Smith, Barney Bar Barfield the third, and Justin Listen, Tr- Justin more, Treadway. We have more trout, snook, or redfish than Osceola's in this state, and we can't even catch those. But they they shut Osceola's down. That's a limited breeding pair, and that, you know that's next. It's crazy. Well, Braden, you were reading four names. Why? Uh, those are the guys who actually were charged in the indictments, and the uh, judge sentenced uh, Mr. Britt to five years probation with a fine of $25,000. Mr. Smith got a four-year probation sentence with a fine of $15,000. Uh, Mr. Barfield was two years of probation with a fine of three grand, and Treadway, two years of probation with a fine of $5,000. So why don't they do any jail time? Okay, At least whoa, whoa, a month whoa. or two, three months, something. First of all, what's the biggest fine that you had there? 25000 25 grand. 25 grand. Okay. Most of them are two and 5000 Uh You had four years of 15000 and then it went to three grand and then five grand. Yeah. Okay. If they killed that many turkeys, if they were going anywhere, they probably spent more than that on gas driving around killing them turkeys. 
It's not a big fine. Maybe. Yeah, well, I guess you're right. But uh, violating these probation terms, which include a worldwide prohibition from hunting of any type, including accompanying anyone in hunting or being present at a hunting camp during hunting season, mm. could result in the imprisonment of any of the four offenders that now, would come I in. I am not condoning. I am not condoning people going out there breaking the law, and I don't want people out there breaking the law when I'm around, but w- our laws are so weak when it well, comes that's, to. And that's the biggest conversation we've had in here how many times is I, the I, fact I, that you get it's the punishment is. Well, sometimes it's, it's, a slap it's, on the it's wrist. cheaper to just pay the fine. and Exactly. Going, like, like, if, like if you harvest a deer and it's, you know, a thousand yards from your vehicle. Yeah, you drive down the road, you get a ticket and you pay it, you know. It's better than a heart attack, I guess. Well, I think that the reason. Not condoning it, but I'm just saying it's an example. I think the reason why the numbers were so high on this one was because the feds were involved. You know, with the Lacey Act, if that had to been part of it, if it had been just in the state of Mississippi, they probably wouldn't even have seen a twenty-five or fifteen thousand dollar fine. We have people shooting deer in this state, maybe, maybe not, and selling the meat over state lines. Mm-hmm. We got. Heck, we didn't even realize there was flying squirrels here, and yet there was a major sting, bust. Yeah, yeah right. a sting with those guys. They couldn't ever prosecute them on alligator eggs that they had illegal and all the other and that, stuff. But man, and, flying squirrels. And the flying squirrels was like $200,000. <laughs> they were selling those things for a couple grand Call me old-fashioned, but I say we go back to the making examples out of people like that, but that's just me. Well, that's what they're hoping that these fines will do, but I don't know. You know, it's somebody like so that. It's people like hard that, their egos change. are too big for twenty five grand. Slow them down. I mean, yeah, they're going to be out there bragging it up, man, that they killed all them birds. But we'll see. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Taking a quick break, you guys. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. Good morning, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, Carlos, Bill, George, and Diego here in the studio today. We are hanging out with you this morning. It's going to be a, kind of a blustery, windy, on-again, off-again, showery kind of day. It would be a good day to uh, head out to G5. they got a big tent set up. they got all the big spring sale going on. they got the turkey event happening today. Elk burgers on the grill. Go home and take a nap going to be a good time had by all it's uh you, the turkey event's going to be basically from 10 until 3 and so it's a uh, good time to get out there if you need turkey shot we put it out yesterday I, we put it out before we closed up and so it's all ready for today so plenty of the, uh 12 gauge 410 got some 20 gauge three inch out there uh tss for the 410 and uh if you get see it a line it's not for the festival it's for the and some yeah. custom call makers coming out they'll all be there and uh, a lot of guys will be there with their stuff for sale which is fine with us and uh it's a great time to get some turkey tips and some uh some maybe some ideas on where to go and some tactics and things that you want to do and they're raffling off a uh 410 this year again? I think so. I think they're going to be giving one of those little uh, turkey thumpers away. Again, it always... Which 
I guarantee you, your odds of, of winning that are so much better than winning at the lottery. Well, that is true. <laughs> that, is, um, that is immensely you know, true. You you can look around at that store and you can see all your competition. It, it is going to be right there because somebody who's there is going to win that and gun. How much That's were right. the tickets? Uh, I no, don't, no, no, no. I don't think uh, you, you. No, we, there was no purchase. I think if just for attending, I mean, yeah. every year, every year, the, yeah, every year the show's bigger and better. So yeah, I think uh, last but, year we gave away the four ten, but the year before that we gave away the uh, the judge. Yeah, we gave away the uh, turkey thumper on that one, but uh, decoys, all that stuff, it's all there. So if you need anything, you, getting ready for turkey season, go get it. I I, I wonder if there's any of those uh, turkey callers that are willing to barter. Barter a what? Trade. Trade what? Well, I just maybe have uh, three sections of about three foot long uh, old wood timbers, like barn timbers, in the back of my truck. What are you going to use that for? Along with several other items, we're well, gonna make. You're not gonna make a pot out of those. We're gonna they, make like a box. Those box on, call on the old on the call. Is yeah. it cypress? What is it made out of? I don't know. It's old old barn wood. Well, what kind of barn wood? I'm not too sure. He's long pine. Sure. Well, I mean, long leaf pine. He doesn't know, man. It, it, it could it, be. It could be anything from old chestnut like? to. What color is it? Is it gray? Brown. Wood color. Brown. It's a beautiful <laughs> mahogany. No. Think like a woman for a second. It looks like cypress Think for a woman. Color. Think like a woman for a second, and now tell me Listen, what color it is. You may be able to switch into that mode, but I can't. Yeah, you can. <laughs> for a guy who wears a shirt and you call it salmon instead of pink, yeah, you can. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's got the good old green algae on it growing on the side of is it. Is it gray wood, or is it like light yellow? Or is it, no, it's uh, brown. It's, like it's a, dark brown, like a chestnut. Like a dark beige brown color there's also a werner ladder six foot on top is of it, it. Uh, yeah. is it uh florida wood i mean is i do it not taken believe from it is florida wood well that could be uh, well, we, pretty interesting we got rick farita on yeah. the phone um, uh, he might we'll be willing him today he might be willing to do some trading for you yeah. he's a great okay. call maker so uh yeah you know uh if you got four slabs of wood laying around that you have no idea what they are so you probably took uh, them off uh, of a damn uh, uh, uh I gave uh, Charlie Parrish a bunch of wood, but uh, I got three old pieces of timber in my truck. Yeah, that so. you probably got off a pallet somewhere behind a Kmart no, back in I, 1986. I, I, no, I know where he got it. I know where he got it. Well, Rick, would you be interested in a trade for that kind of wood? Uh, possibly. Uh, what? I mean, come on. We again. have interest. Okay, I could. It, it all, I, depend, it I all could, depends what it is. I could broker the deal. Know. I could broker the deal. You're not broker we can have the hey, Bill George call series. <laughs> he has no idea what kind of wood it is, so uh, you know he's yeah, not a wood. It, it might bring be a treasure. Today. Let's look at it. It's, oh, he's, it, he's it's in the truck. I'll bring it. It's yeah. always in the truck. Yeah, I, I would say <laughs> I'd say trade him some sort of uh, you know bent uh, striker for it or something. Don't get out. <laughs> no, one of his scratch boxes. No, I, listen. Nice ones. One of the things bro. I do that I I try and take anything that's of value in this world and repurpose Purpose it. it to somebody who will use it. You know, and that's where I get moved a bunch of bunch of other wood that's good for turkey calls over to somebody else. But I just so happened to come across these three pieces of timber. You know, old wooden peg holes in it, and that I knew somebody. And them turkey woods would want that. 
This so. is why I couldn't tell Bill George that I had my wisdom teeth pulled because he'd go, "Are you done with those? What are you going to do with those? Is there any gold in those? No, see exactly. He'll find something. Rick, uh, you're going to be out today at a G5, man. You ready to go? I am on the way. Listen to you guys on the radio, and y'all just talked about it, so I figured I'd call in and invite everybody to come out. And Carlos made the the comment that it's gotten bigger each year, and this year we got more custom call makers coming than than we've ever had, and it's going to be a good day. You know, uh, you heard the part about the elk burgers, so get first in line on those because they won't last forever. I, I, I tell you what, like you said, nothing that they cook is bad. Every time they do it, it's delicious. They're doing it on the big green egg out Any, there. It's anything delicious. with the word elk involved in it, can't, <laughs> I mean. That is true. you got to work hard to mess that up. So, so what are you bringing out to the show? What's, what's spectacular? Uh, what are we going to be looking forward to seeing? I've got uh, some box calls, uh, trough calls, and scratch boxes, and got a few of my my new uh, my new style box calls, my short boxes that have been really popular, um, all custom made. Uh, just really excited to have. I mean, we've got you know Tim Sanford from Rut and Strut is coming this year. Um, uh, we've got Kevin Vaughn from Spring Hill. We've got Red Hills Turkey Calls from up in the Panhandle. Makes beautiful pot calls and box calls. Mark Hughes is on his way with his uh, beautiful barnwood turkey displays to display your calls, your fan, I mean your beards, uh, and then just really good craftsmanship. Ed Muller from Indian Creek Leathery is going to be there. He's got leather custom uh, box call holders and pot call holders and slings and uh, turkey totes. Just some really cool stuff this year. Yeah, Chad's going to be there too. I think he's coming down bringing a bunch of stuff and Maybe throw yep. a couple of retay shotguns on the counter and things like that, but it's going to be a good time. And it's—I always say that the reason why I like it, especially there, is because it's very intimate, and you have all the time in the world to talk to the you guys. You know, your custom call makers. Why should I go with this instead of that? I'm new to this. What should I use? Or uh, I'm an old hat, and I used to have one of these. Is there something similar to it that because they don't make that one anymore? Kind of like Bill George was in last week or two weeks ago, where he's like. I lost my blank, and I need one to replace it. And uh, you know, yeah, the 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 wealth of information is right there for you. And Chris, Chris Graham will be there too, I think, with uh, Owl Hooter, right? That he makes. I think he's going to be there as well. And yeah, mouth calls. Uh, yeah. Chris makes mouth calls and box calls and Owl Hooters. Yeah. Yes, Chris yeah. will be there. I forgot yeah. about Chris. Yeah, he'll be yep. there. He'll so, be there. And, and all these guys, you're talking about centuries of of turkey wealth. And information. I know it's all great. You can go read on the internet or go to some uh, website somewhere, but to be able to talk to somebody in person, one to one, no, to be able to see the stuff and look at it in person and, and have them demonstrate it for it, you, listen to yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you can hear the difference. I tried to explain this to Jeremy. He's a new guy, and you know the difference between what an aluminum sounds like compared to glass as compared to slate, and then. Bill George introduced me to the one he just bought, which was a ceramic, which I instantly fell in love with. That thing was awesome. I should have stole it from him, but um, but got, those I things are it. all I, different. I got it. I got it. You did? No, yeah. you did not. Yeah, he had it in the car. He doesn't know yet. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> he won't notice for a bit. Listen, but somebody like Rick being out there is a, is a treasure trove of information. So, I mean, if you're a turkey guy... And uh, you think you know, but you don't know, and you maybe got a question or so, this would be a perfect time to ask. And Rick, and Rick will teach you how to run it right. He'll yeah. teach you how to run his scratch box the way you're supposed to, and you do it right there, hands-on. It's hard Absolutely. to – You know, you, Rick, you could tell this to anybody. I mean, when people say, well, I read on the Internet, and I'm, what what is it? I don't know. When, when do I use a Kiki run, or when do I use a purr, or when do I do this, or – 
you know, there's certain times of that hunt that you're supposed to use certain different calls for certain times of situations. Listen, they're, they're, every turkey's different. Yep. And, and, you know, some like a different sound, some like a different rhythm. They'll tell you a kiki's a fall call, but I know people who have had a turkey that's been hung up here in Florida and all of a sudden they put a kiki on them, and all of a sudden that turkey lights up and comes Go- on in and gets killed. Uh, everybody you know? sitting listening to this conversation, how many gobblers do you know that have been killed because of another gobble back at them? Oh, yeah. Yep. You can yelp at them all day long, but until they hear that challenge gobble come back at them, it's like, wait, what, excuse me? There's some dude over there with my chicks. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I got that gobble too, but I'm a little leery with it in the public land. You know, Sometimes, yeah, you, know. you got to be careful with that. But, Rick, you guys are going to get out there, set up, uh, be right there in the middle of the store, having a good old time. I can't wait to get yep. out there and see you guys, man. That's awesome. Yep, looking yep. forward to it. There'll be some social distancing as well. So if it's, you want it's to, a safe environment. If you want to. There's plenty um, of sanitizer and all that stuff, thanks yep. to Palmer. Whatever, yep. have at it. Walk up, hug people, do all that stuff. <laughs> get it over with. <laughs> I'm done with Jonathan's it. Jonathan's tired of it. Well, I think, I we think, all are. Bro. I think Rick and William and everybody all came back from the National Wild Turkey Federation with COVID, what, two years ago? <laughs> uh, last year, yeah, last, last year. January, wasn't it? Something like that. I, I, I don't, I don't doubt a hundred. I, I have a hundred percent confidence that I. That's what I had when I got back because a lot of us got sick. Oh yeah, we were, we were. We were. Yeah. Remember last year remember we were talking. That. We were all saying we might have to cancel this because all you guys were sick. Yeah, I remember that. They all, yep. they, they all came back from the National Wild Turkey Federation conference and they were all like, "Dude, I'm dying. Hopefully, I'll be over <laughs> with this stuff by." By the time this thing starts, and they all showed up, you know, God love you, man. It was all good, and we had a good time. Rub some dirt on it. Let's roll. (laughs) (laughs) If that would only work, that would be awesome. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I I look forward to seeing you, and I I, want to find out from Tim. I know he was uh, posting the other day about ripping a bunch of persimmon and trees out and that up at his new retirement home. And uh, I saw that. Man. What, yeah, I saw good. that too. I'm like, what are you doing? If they're grown and producing, don't rip them out. Let's get the tree spade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll come on up there, cut them out, and uh, bring them on back. Yeah, we need them. So, Rick. All right, guys. Well, we, I appreciate you letting me call in, and I hope to see everybody out there. Yeah, I'll we'll, be there. Be you'll, safe, we'll be brother. There. You'll see us there right, for guys, sure. We'll see you in a while. All right, All man. Right. See you, Rick. Drive Rick safe. Right. Drive Rick safe. Rick Felita, of course, uh, he'll be out there today giving out calls, kinds of information and got some great beautiful calls out there if you're looking for something that's nice that you're going to keep for a long time and not be like bill george and lose it outside of your truck listen what and uh that way uh, put a little choke chain hey, on he's low jack guy with turkey stuff right. <laughs> he knows where it is my anyway. juice my turkey stuff is used it mm. isn't wall pieces running it over it does not make it used Throwing it in the car, letting everything get on top of it. It doesn't make it used. All right, pay some bills. We'll talk to Alan when we come back. Taking a break, you guys. We'll be back. Alan, hang on there. We'll be right back.
everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Thank you for joining us. Braden, Jonathan, Bill George, Diego. Who am I forgetting? Oh, man. Who am I forgetting? The number one co-host, man. Scarface. Oh, I know. Alan. Alan's on the phone. (laughs) Good morning, Alan. How are you? Morning, boys. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You coming out for the turkey diggy-o today? Well, you know, I didn't listen real well last week, and uh, I am actually in the parking lot at G5. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you're early, man. I'm a little early, but... um, there's a couple people with me. We're just kind of sitting in our trucks, watching people load seed. But uh, hey, hey, listen, uh, that's uh, awesome. I'm get sorry. Back in have you truck. had breakfast yet? I have not. I've had my coffee, but uh, and I'm Waffle House is right up the road. Uh, what's that now? Waffle House is get right. Go back. Get right back on Interstate. Go up to the next exit. There's a Waffle House right uh, there. And Parksdale <laughs> Farms. Too. Yeah, you can go just, up the block. Just yeah. go to the east a little bit on the north hand side. Parksdale Farms, that get too. you some get you some good strawberry uh, breakfast there. Nah, yeah, it's gonna be. Well, full I've of... had my coffee, and one of these muddy blinds is looking like it might be a portalette. <laughs> oh gosh, what? Hey. Well, if they're loading feet, if they're loading hay, man, then uh, you know the back door is open. So you know, wow. hey, hey Alan, did you leave St. Pete to go over there? Yeah, uh, I actually I actually live in Safety Harbor, but yeah, I got up a little early. And, oh man. And, uh, hey. Got on the road because I wasn't sure what time it was kicking off, and I didn't want to be late. You should have been. I desperately need a box of turkey loads. You you turn around. You should have been up there uh, at the uh, woods this morning, listened, and then made the trip down. Well, that's actually tomorrow, so we're. I got to ask backwards, but we'll get it figured out. There you go. <laughs> no, that's no, all good. No, he's one of those. Like Braden said, they put all the turkey loads out last night, so Alan's going to hey. be there because let's. I mean. House bet, 30, 45 minutes, maybe maybe an hour. That stuff's going to last yeah, on he, the shelf. Yeah, he, he's going to get first crack at it. <laughs> hey, Braden, what well, time I just did... saw somebody walk in, so I think they might be open. So I'm going to yeah, go in is... here and see if I can't do a little, little, little pre uh, what, what, me... what's, what's the limit, Braden? One box at a time? I'm, uh, that's going to be a Jeremy Dillon call, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, you know what? I know this sounds very egotistical, but just go up to the door. Tell me you're on the phone with Braden, and then it's okay for you to go in and use the restroom. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, if, if, and, and no, if, they, I mean, if they got the steel doors rolled up, then it all should be good. I mean, 8 o'clock is what time we open, so uh, you're, you're open, man. Oh, you're open. You're yeah. ready for business. Yeah. Get in there. Go yeah. get them. Hey, I got an extra pair of socks, and there's water over here. Oh, so gosh. I mean. Don't go in the pond. We're trying to keep all the... <laughs> Trying to keep all the costumes and all the other stuff out of there. So uh, nice. Well, yeah, go go in there. Get you, get you some turkey loads. If they don't have some, I may have to run back to the house uh, after afterwards for you and uh, look at getting you some. We there there's some. Don't worry. Right now it's not gone by thirty minutes. Hey, it's all is good. Is this Alan our stock tip guy? Yeah. Oh, it, what's it up, is. Alan? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was another. Alan, You're now you know? just catching on to that. Hey so. man, <laughs> hey, I wasn't but, sure. I don't. I don't know his voice. You know? Oh my gosh! Well, that's cool. Now we'll get to meet him. Oh, the, there's plenty of calls and all that stuff, and we would hope that you'd stick around when the guys start getting there and unloading. But I understand if you got to get out of there because it doesn't really kick off till ten. Yeah, so. you, got, you got there so early, bro. You could do like a part time job today. Yeah, yeah. Are you yeah there you go. Paid. I mean, if the grill was going. I'd help flip burgers this time. <laughs> 
that'll be going here pretty soon. Yeah, they're going to get that going. One for I mean, you, two I don't know for if me. I'll hang around for turkey bur- for uh, for turkey loads, but I'll hang around for an elk burger. Well, yeah. that that is a good incentive. That is true. <laughs> And, well, and if you get too bored, I, I will tell you that if you do go down to parks down the street, you want to get there as early as possible before the uh, crowds, before the uh, the snowbirds wake up and oh, head down there. What are you talking there. about? They're already loading up the charter buses right now. Yeah. Get down there, and when you're there, grab me a bag of them strawberry cookies because those are, they're just, <laughs> they are delicious. I think they're made in hell. Uh, they really are. They're so delicious. They're so decadent. They're, well, have you yeah. made it? Made it back out to the woods? Um, have not. I'm, unfortunately, work has called. I'm still waiting for the, the step bar to get repaired on, on my right side where I, one of those potholes ate me last time I was there. Uh, so uh, I, I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I warned you about little holes that might not be so little. Well, uh-huh. I mean, I tried to avoid them, and I avoided going in, but unfortunately it was on the other side going out, so it swallowed me a little bit but the guys are hooking me up we've all been there believe me yeah henceforth the reason i switch to the fold in and out steps now on my truck well i'll tell you one thing they're selling something in here because this guy just walked out with a bag and he is loading it into a 20 millimeter ammo can marked ammo like what else would be in that 20 millimeter ammo can (laughs) oh man you coffee better better run in man (laughs) yeah oh he's got He's just he just dropped two boxes in there, so I think I'm good. I'm gonna go in here, guys, and see if I can't get hooked up early. Yeah, all right. All right. Yeah. Don't right. don't waste your time talking to us. Get your butt in there. We'll see I'll you. Be, we'll I'll see be you later, there man. After the show, yeah. Right. We'll see you. All, all right, right, Alan. Be careful, see you, buddy. Right. Yeah, uh, you know, getting there early is probably a smart thing, especially if you need uh, turkey loads. Uh, you know, as Bill George pointed out, I believe that they're probably going to uh, limit. The amount of loads that you can procure while you're there because of the very reason that they're going to go pretty fast. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of it there, but it's not going to last forever. Don't, don't be that guy that shows up and says, hey, I'm going to buy 10 boxes today I, and go out in the parking lot. And Well, that doesn't work. It's I, one per day and you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. I don't need a whole lot of turkey loads, but for me, who, who will hunt Florida and Pennsylvania and, and whatnot – uh, one box, maybe a second box, uh, depending on whether or not I, I, I shoot that EOTech. And every year I like to make sure that I'm dialed in beforehand. And the reason being is shooting what I shoot, the long beard shells at 15 yards. And I've had shots at turkeys at 15 yards. And that's where I first saw them. That is about the size of a golf ball. They're too tight. It can be too tight. It is devastating tight. And when you're two inches off, that's a miss. A big miss. A big miss. That you can't believe that you did because he was so close. Uh, I usually don't let him get 15 yards from me. Well, you know, I like I like twenty five thirty, dude. Sometimes they sneak up behind you, and yeah, it depends and, on who you're hunting with, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, ask Steve about the time that he was sitting there and he had hens actually sticking their heads inside of the blind. They came around the right side. And they're like, they heard somebody calling, and they kind of came around the corner, stuck their heads in, like, "What are you oh, guys how doing? Many, I, well, I, I don't know. What are y'all doing in there?" I and saw on like, Facebook. What? I saw on Facebook a guy that had one right next to him pecking his barrel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did see that one. I've had them close enough that literally they've almost stepped on my feet. 
Well, well, now then, that comes into the ethical question: Do you just whip out the knife and you know uh, do Shank? a kid? Oh, no, these were hen, these were hens. Trust oh. me, if it would have been a, go- a legal gobbler, it would have been gangster style. Carlos shooting at a clay gun sideways. I, I mean, don't know. Some of those times, like Bill George says, <laughs> self defense. They're so close that they're too close. I had a deer, uh, a large, I mean, monster buck, run up on me, literally eight feet from me. Mm-hmm. I watched him come up the side of the hill. Does went. They saw me at the last minute, scattered in three different directions. He came up, saw me, cut over to their left. I just from the hip, self defense, two seventy, yeah, boom. I'm thinking, yeah, I got him. Hell no. <laughs> I shot something out of the top of a tree off, I'm sure, and sent that thing somewhere. Because you couldn't blow your nose with a bed sheet. <laughs> Last one I shot. Caught me right off guard. That close about landed on me when he fell and then got up and ran another 30 yards and fell again. Yeah, I had a turkey land right behind me in a tree, and he, he, he actually hit the ground. And when I turned my head, he saw me and immediately took off again like a Harrier jet. This was like boom, bang. <laughs> I don't think his feet even crushed the leaf. We're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, Carlos, Bill, George, and Diego hanging out with you this morning. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Everybody, it's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brayden, Carlos, Jonathan, Bill, George, and Diego. And she got me new shoes. Hanging, uh, <laughs> hanging with you out this morning. Uh, don't forget, I mentioned it a little bit last what? Uh, hour. I think about that movie sometimes when I hear this song. And, uh, and uh, your look, uh, Bill. It's your look. The Panfish Challenge is going to be coming up June 19th. It's on a Saturday at Panavista Lodge. want to remind you. Uh, well, it's the seventh don't annual. We have the official date set. That's what we anticipate it's going to be. I don't know what you're talking about because Kelly I, sent it out there I, and I it's right it here. Yesterday. It's right here. It's posted. It's official. Okay. Seventh yep. annual Panfish Challenge, June 19th you're is behi- when it's going to be happening, my friend. You're behind the eight ball, Bill. The Kelly checking. made the rules. Well, Kelly got it in there and got the rules. And I hate to break it to you. Kelly runs stuff. And uh, apparently, speaking of rules, <laughs> there are, are have been some changes to the rules this year. So it would behoove you to uh, go check them out, look at it for Facebook. Once all those are done and everything's ready to be posted, of course, we'll have it on our Facebook page as well so that you can go and find them uh, pretty easily. And then that way you'll know uh, some of the rule changes that happened this year. But um, talking about the uh, turkey event that's happening today, that starts at 10 and goes until 3 uh, if you want to hang out longer, that's fine. If you want to get there earlier and help the guys set up tables and all that stuff, you can do that as well. It's all good, and uh, you can uh, get out there early. And, and uh, Toby already posting some stuff. Yeah, he's posting some turkey stuff already. But uh, last hour we talked about the four men that were sentenced for poaching nearly uh, oh. 100 turkeys out there. But I wanted to uh, also talk about this one, I, you know, just to bring light to it. I'm not, you know, nobody's bragging or anything, but – uh, one individual, now this, this last one with the turkeys had four guys. But oh, this Lord. one guy in Colorado has been banned from hunting from 48 states after his poaching spree. He uh, went out there and decided to go out and kill just about anything he could find. And 
uh, like they're supposed to do. Now he's banned in 47 states that are all included in the wildlife violator compact that we all have. But he's accused of killing 12 deer, two turkeys, a bighorn sheep, uh, running across uh, three Colorado counties. Yeah, that bighorn sheep alone, you would think, would levy enough of a fine to where you keep um, everybody off of um, any kind of property to do something like that. But now listen to this. We were talking about the violations. Remember the last guys? $25,000, $15,000, grand, five grand. This guy pleaded uh, guilty to illegal possession of wildlife and was fined 900 bucks in uh, Chaffee County. He pleaded guilty in December in Teller County, and again in February in Vermont County, pleaded guilty to illegal possession of three and more or more big game animals and was fined $4,600, sentenced to six months in jail. Terrible. Three years of supervised probation, and as a part of a plea agreement, he also surrendered all of his weapons that he used for poaching. With a, whoa. We're talking bighorn sheep. That like bighorn sheep are like fifty grand to go shoot one. It, uh, Sixty thousand dollars was the winning bid for one ticket for one person to go at the Safari Club at Dallas. Sixty grand. Yeah, and that was for an area that gets hunted by like two people a year. Exactly. Sixty thousand dollars. And he had nine hundred. Nine hundred bucks. That's why they do it because they get away with it. It's At the not, most, it was four thousand and some change, four thousand six hundred, so uh, under six thousand bucks. About the same cost as a bull elk trophy elk hunt is about six grand. Yeah, if a you want to decent go out, hunt. Yeah, if you want to go out and get a big six by six and get out there and stay in the chalet and uh, have meals. Or do and all it. That. I mean, uh, do it yourself. A DIY hunt. You're gonna have several grand wrapped up into that sure alone six thousand dollars man you're living the high life killing a monster giant Mm. big giant elk if you go out on the uh, indian reservation it costs you about four grand you go home with uh two grand in your pocket so for the the indian what are you talking about for elk yeah no you better add some to that I don't know, Steve. They offered him one. It was four the grand. Hicker, the hickory. That might be the Steve Austin price, but like the hickory and stuff like that. <laughs> because of who he is. Yeah. The hickory reservation that we hunt next to and all that, there's elk out there. You're looking at 12 to 15 grand. Wow. But that's, you're taking a 350 to 400 inch bull, probably, I won't say guaranteed, but let's just say you're going to see more than the average bear. So, so let, me, let me ask you, let me put this in a Florida perspective. I'm going to ask Bill George this. If a person got caught in Florida out of season and they were killing 12 deer, two Osceolas, and an alligator. Well, the alligator gets you jacked up. Yeah. Well, now bighorn sheep for a lot of those areas is federally protected. I, I understand, but I'm So it's saying. the same as an alligator. That's why I threw it in the mix. So uh, if you were a person, this guy caught with this same stuff but with an alligator in florida what do you think would happen to him in this state well first of all you'd have to have somebody who could find them yeah um you know i don't know the alligator is the one that would get you jacked up here Um, the rest of them they care about but at the end of the day you're you're not going to get that big of a thumping and it's the 
The thing, and see, the thing that drives me most nuts is like what you compared it to, like the going back to the Bighorn with the SCI and the management that has been done over years. I mean, I'm 40 years old, and I can remember when I was old <laughs> enough to know anything how the Bighorn sheep, they done so much to bring them back to what they are now. I mean, and but- – People people make fun. Well, but like people make with you with like the alligators. There's so much work that goes into doing this stuff, and these organizations that people get. Oh, well, this just people showing off because they're paying this much for a hunt. No, these are people that actually care, and they're using their money to try to help with the conservation of stuff. And you got some jackwang like this but, that just. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't. I don't think they're going to get fined. Uh, if you're caught with a crocodilian violation, you won't be able to yeah. get an alligator license for five years. Um, so there's a big penalty. But if you're hunting them illegally, you probably you don't, care. don't care about the license in the first place. Yeah. But I, I got a new initiative. I got to start with the FWC. You know, we can turn around and catch and release all these trout, snook, and redfish when they're in such dire uh, states. I want to be able to go out and just do catch and release on alligators. Why Why is it not harassing the fish, but I'm harassing an alligator by catch and release them? <laughs> he wants to catch them all year long, which would wanted, open yeah. up a great, um, you know, I think it would bring a lot of business to the state because now when people come, they can actually yeah, catch an alligator. Let's go catch alligators. Release you know it, what? take a picture. You know what? I, I'm all Please, for that. folks, be- Big and Wild is going uh-huh. not responsible for any fingers, toes, hands, arms, or legs that are yeah. lost in well, trying Well, I, I will say this, that uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the best alligator hunts I ever went on, um, we went up to the Gilcrest Club. Me and Steve Austin went up there, and we spent an entire night doing nothing but catching and releasing alligators. Mm-hmm. We went up there with a, one of those dog, uh, you know, the, the snare. snare, dog snare, and went up there. You'd get up on them. They'd swim, and you'd get next to them. You'd put the snare over it, lock that thing down, and hold on for dear life. Mm-hmm. And pull that sucker in the boat, mouth open the whole nine yards. And, you know, uh, we had a trapper there who would, you know, clamp it down, Here. tape him up, and, and do all that stuff. They did all the weight. They did the measurements. They did everything. And at the end of the night, we let them yeah. turn them all loose and to let them the, go. To this day, I know you can talk about it because your kids have hunted with him and everything else. Yeah. My oldest daughter's friends, that is the one of the coolest stories to see their face when she tells them about us going with Bill to Hancock. And we caught, what was he, about six and a half, something like that, and brought him in the boat. Measured him, checked all this stuff. Well, and see, that's my thing. I watched a show with a guy. You talk about the redfish and all that stuff. I watched a guy's show this past week. They're tagging redfish. And it's like you said, why don't they have a tag deal to where you can tag those alligators? Well, Bill, Bill has actually told them. You know, I, I we we catch them, them, and we want to tag them and we give them that, that data, and they don't want the data. I mean, all you're doing is, well, it's just the thing. It's You're creating more data for them to draw off of and say, hey, look. This, for, for free. You know, for free. And not only for free, but then the amount of information of movement, where alligators go to, where they were last. Their travel. All that, their look, travel, all look, that kind of we've stuff. Taken, great. We, we've taken out my son, Eric, um, my, my, uh, my daughter's boyfriend, Brian. We've taken out my wife. We've taken out my friend, Tony. All new people to hunting, right? Bill and, and George. And we've always caught and released gators. You want to see swamp people? we and got a live go, version and, and for and you right here. Them, <laughs> they're not harmed. 
you know, maybe it's a little inconvenient. We take a picture, we drop them right back in. You know what I mean? It's not something you're going to harvest. But now they got a feel for it. It's exciting, like you said with well, Steve Austin. It was awesome. It's it was it's fun. A, it's a team effort. But, That's what I like about gator hunting. But the hunting. thing is, you know, I'm I'm still got to deal with the trout, redfish, and snook. You know, FWC did cater to the guides' desires, and not not even all guides. Just keep in mind, I'm not throwing all guides in the same boat. But there are certain Pardon people who do not want to see you <laughs> be able to keep these fish for years, for years. Is and and at the end of the deal is. Snook will have been being closed for over three years for what FWC acknowledged is a non-event for the snook. And, okay? and like you said before, executive orders should run out. That, it shouldn't run concurrent. They, 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 that is for emergency action and not for long-term measures. And there is no short-term three-year measure. That's not th- short-term. Well, and but me and you have had this conversation but, before. How much damage is going to be done on the backside with the bloodlines? And that, everything? I'm not worried about the bloodline. Of that. They're you killing know, plenty you of know, fish. You know what I'm worried about? This is what I'm worried about. We're not allowed to harvest those fish now, right? But if the red tide does come in, it's going to kill most of them anyway. So it was a waste of our resource. That's but, what I said. The fish kill is going to be ten times worse. But, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't but, take care of it, God will. But but the thing is, if if I if we can turn around and say we can go out there and catch and release things just for fun, I think people ought to be able to run their dogs year round. If they want to go chase deer this weekend, go chase some deer around. No killing them. No shooting them. Give them an education. Just just chase them. A little practice. Let, let the dogs run. Bring them. Catch them. Come on back, okay? All good. Happens with hogs every single night of the week you know, right here in the state of Florida. They turn around. They want to argue the fact that, you know, you know, you can't. It, it's just crazy. I, I want to go be able to catch alligators, and I think I should be able to go catch alligators year-round. Not hurt them. No bang sticks. No, no firearms. No nothing. Just fishing poles and snares. So no you no uh, no harpoon no nope. snatch hook nope. none of that stuff no snatch hooks non injurious oh, well okay so snatch hook snatch hook and snare snares. and electrical tape take some pictures and there you go oh, you set him free you're on your way you stick a tag in him and uh, write Cu- it down couple, so you know couple minutes boom no w- when you say tag it's not the tag the tag we're referring to is not a tag like you put in the tail for the sighties tag. It's a web tag that would go in the web of the foot of the alligator. Right. And it's non-injurious. They just clamp it on there. It has a number on there. And it basically allows you to retract. You can you can go measure the alligator and give them the gender of the alligator. Set it loose. You know, general health condition. He's scrawny. He's fat. He's got a bobtail, missing a leg, yep. something like that. So you can actually report that to the FWC. So Boom. you say... Nine-foot alligator, missing right uh, left foot, and, yeah. uh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Where it was caught. Caught in know. Lake Hancock. Well, and then when it gets killed and it's over in uh, the east side of Lake Kissimmee, they can go, wow, this alligator traveled Well, and like the here. redfish thing I was talking about, you do that and you turn it into the DNR. and It was in Georgia. You turned it into the DNR. Well, they've got hats and shirts that they give you that, you know, they hey, I participated. And they used to do that here with redfish. Remember? Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted the T-shirt. They didn't want the five bucks. They wanted the T-shirt. No, Catch but now it. they'll spend millions for the lionfish. Amazing what rednecks will do for a T-shirt. Dollars. Yeah. Yep. All right, here we go. It's a break time. 
Hour number three is right around the corner. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there.